Welcome to the Special Strength Fitness Podcast, where we break down the psychology, fitness, and nutrition strategies you need to know to successfully transform your life. My name is Imtiaz, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Special Strength Fitness Podcast, and this one's going to be a little bit different. I want to take a little bit of time and catch you guys up on what's been going on on the back end of our show and tell you why we did not drop a brand new episode last week. For those of you just joining us for the first time, we always release a brand new episode of the show on Wednesdays, but last week I took a break from that, and this is why. I was invited to be a guest speaker on a panel about mental health, and the topic was how our physical health and well-being informs and affects our mental health. I think this is such a timely discussion, especially given the fact that this pandemic is causing long-term, you know, extended lockdowns, extended restrictions, where we're not able to get out as much as we would like to. We're not able to have the social interactions as, as much as we would like to. And this has been shown to directly affect our mental health in a very negative way. So it's important that we become even more resilient with our mindsets so we can get through this period. And when the pandemic is under control, we can come out of it a little bit stronger or at least not as broken down as we possibly could be. And before we jump right into the show today, I want to take a minute to say thank you to every single one of you who's followed us on Facebook, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. I really appreciate the support. We're currently sitting at 97 people on our Facebook page who are liking and following us, which is amazing considering we're only a few weeks into this podcast. And the feedback I've gotten from every single one of you has been amazing. It's been very, very helpful to know that the message I'm putting across is helping some of you make real radical changes in your life and improve your mindset, improve your health, so that by the time we get out of this pandemic, we can come out just that little bit better. And that's what it's all about, right? We want to get 1% better every single day. And in the same theme of wanting to get 1% better every single day, what I'm going to do today is dig into a topic that I think is super, super important when it comes to your mental health, which is the deception of our eyes, the deception of our vision. Let me explain what that means. The deception of our vision in in modern times is that we are presented with so much visual information across media and how that influences us and what we see at home in our environments that it 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 sets up a certain bias within ourselves right if you really step back and think about it think about all the people that you see in television right pick your favorite television shows go go to your favorite movies think about the types of people you see in them what do you see do they represent an average individual in terms of their physique or are they more representative of a skinnier individual? That certain demographic. More often than not, they represent a skinnier demographic, right? They're almost always fit. There's almost never an obese person on TV unless they occupy a very specific niche, uh, stereotypical role, right? Usually in the form of comedy uh, or, or something in the sense where they're not a successful character. And you see that across media. Go to your social media feeds. How many people do you see who represent a normal physique? Not that many, at least not the big successful ones, right? The big successful accounts almost always have people who are fit, who are healthy, especially, and this is especially true when it comes to fitness influencers. God, I hate that word, influencers. It, it just, it, it crawls under my skin because that word is, is, is so nefarious. What are you trying to influence, right? You can use social media for so much good. 
But the people who do good, they don't consider themselves influencers because they're so busy doing the work of influencing good things. And how do they influence it? By doing the good things. It's not just good enough to be an image. It's not just, and I don't know at what point we started accepting this as a society, but thankfully the tide is changing now, which is great to see, right? At some point we said, yep, somebody who takes a selfie of themselves and looks good in an outfit, has low body fat percentage, they're an influencer. They're influencing something. Well, what is it that they're influencing? Think about it. What do those people influence you to think and feel and do? When you go to your favorite Instagram fitness celebrity or favorite YouTube fitness celebrity, do they inspire you to take action? Are they telling you? Are they showing you that, hey, take action? Or is it just a nice pretty picture of them? And hey, look, I'm looking off into the distance, smiling, and someone happens to take a shot of me, which is perfectly framed, perfectly lit. You know, everything's perfect about that picture. Uh, See, they sell you on the fact that they're inspiring you and motivating you. But like I keep saying, motivation is garbage. It's just a matchstick. It doesn't last very long. You look at that picture, you get motivated, awesome. But then what do you do with it? They might tell you, yeah, join my program, this, this. But analyze the picture for God's sake. Like, like, look at that picture and understand what that's all about. It, I promise you, it's pure marketing. I've taken enough marketing courses at this point in my life to understand, you know, what works. And marketing is a shifting game. It changes from time to time to time, right? Back in the 60s, something used to work that will no longer work. In, in the early 2000s, a different kind of marketing where that, that won't work now. Well, right now in 2020s, in the 2020s, the marketing aspect is everybody looks off into the distance. They're always smiling at every picture. Clothes are perfect. Lighting is perfect. The framing is perfect. And I know because I'm a photographer as well. So I know exactly how to take those shots to make somebody look like that when I'm helping them with their marketing. So I speak from experience both as a viewer and, and consumer of social media and television media and also someone who produces this stuff on the back end. I get it. I understand the purpose of doing pictures and videos in that sense. However, that's not a real representation of normal people. Normal people don't look like that all the time. Having said that, there are many of these social media influencers who do good things, who inspire people, not just by saying, hey, look at me, perfect, you can achieve this. That's not inspiration, but they do something about it. They show you how to get there. They actually do the work or they walk you through a process. And and selecting between who's actually doing good work and who's just there for you know infamy or what have you, that's a, another conversation. But the point is, Go to your feeds, go to your channels and start analyzing it. Let me give you an example. Back when I was a young trainer, back in the day, we had a certain group of fitness professionals who came onto the social media scene. And keep in mind, back then, Instagram wasn't a thing yet. Uh, Facebook was in its, in its infancy, but you know, people were getting on their websites and websites were the big deal. And you could see these fitness professionals all did the same thing on their website. There was a definite cohort of them, which is great. Fast forward to now you know, where are they? I always ask myself, okay, so if their intentions were pure and their intentions were to inspire people, why aren't they in that same path now? And you look at them across the board, out of maybe say 20 influencers who are the big names at that time, maybe one or two are still sticking around helping people with their health and fitness. What are the other 18 or 19 of them doing? They change track because they realize in now in their 40s and 50s, they're no longer able to sell you based on their body. They can't just take their shirt off and make you think, yeah, I'm going to buy that guy's or that girl's program because that's what's going to get me the shape that I want just like them. Their bodies didn't keep up anymore because that's, that's called aging. So what do they do now? Now they sell you a different product. They market themselves wearing suits all the time and professional looking clothes because, well, that's marketing. 
Welcome to the real world, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it works. I'm telling you, I work, I work, I work on the back end with a lot of creators. I've worked on the back end and, and done events and gigs and photo shoots for a lot of marketing companies and a lot of events. And it, it's, it's a very, very, very finicky world, which changes depending on what they're trying to sell you, not necessarily based on what's good for you. So learn to decipher the things that you are consuming through your eyes, whether it's in TV or social media or any kind of visual medium. What are you getting out of it? And analyze what is the message being put out to you through that medium. And the reason this is so important is because if you don't do that, if you don't distinguish what is beneficial for you or what is not, what you end up getting is a biased view of what healthy is or what a desirable fitness level or a desirable physique is. And when you have that bias, what happens is it informs what you see in the mirror. And this is the negative impact. This is the stuff that really hurts. When you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see somebody who is in okay health, could do a little better? We could all do a little better, of course. But what do you see? Do you see things about your physique and body that you like and don't like? Or do you see things about your body that you like and also hate? See, the distinction here is not liking something about your body, that's okay. You know, that, that's, that's mild enough. But when you start hating parts of your body, like love handles or the fat that deposits at a certain place that you really hate, that's a broken relationship with yourself. And it is heavily influenced by the first point I made, which is what do you see through social media and television media and visual media in general? Okay. The representations of optimal health and fitness, what you see is what affects you. And what affects you is what affects you when you see yourself in the mirror. And this is where people spiral down in that mental health spiral, okay? If you are not protecting your eyes, if you are not protecting yourself from the influence of these of these useless social media influencers who are just peddling nonsense to you just because they happen to have low body fat percentages, I promise you when you look at yourself in the mirror, you are developing a further broken relationship with yourself, which is never going to help you with your mental health journey. Guarantee it. So you need to start taking responsibility of this process and look at yourself in the mirror and really say, you know, what is so bad about myself? And if you have things you want to improve, that's totally fair. You should have things you want to improve because life is all about moving forward. But if you have things you hate, I propose that you question, why do you hate these things about yourself? Is it because you saw somebody somewhere else and you think that's how you should be, right? And when I ask people this, some of them usually tell me, oh, and they did in the panel. Some some people piped up and said, well, you know, I want to be like them. So they inspire me. And I asked them, well, if they inspire you, why haven't you gotten to that level yet or close to it? Why haven't you gotten closer to that point? Like, you know, why haven't you gotten closer to looking like your favorite, you know, fitness model? They have no answer. So let's dig into that. Why is it that people don't get closer to their inspirations when they see inspiration? Because inspiration is awesome. So is motivation. But they're both, you know, a single matchstick being lit on fire. That's it. It doesn't last very long. You see that picture. Awesome. You feel like, yeah, I want to work out tomorrow. I'm going to get back on it. But again, without the systems in place, right? I'm saying this again. Without systems in place to actually get work done every single day, you are not going to make progress. So that inspiration is for nothing. All it does is gives the person posting those things more likes, more views, and serves their purpose. It doesn't serve you. So start getting critical about what you consume because it affects what you see in the mirror and that affects your mindset 100%. The third way 
that our vision lies to us, you know, the, the deception of our vision. The third way is what we see in our environment. And I'm talking about environmental design. Let's explain that a little bit. Now, I have a coaching group where I coach a handful of people through a complete shift in how they view health and fitness and how they approach it. We de- we demystify the diets that are out there. We demystify what it takes to actually get healthy. You know, what are the strategies? And these strategies haven't changed since the dawn of humankind. Physiology hasn't changed. Nutrition really hasn't changed to that degree. It's still the basic concepts. How you use the basic concepts, you have some variability in it. But the principles are still the same. Physics is still the same. Chemistry is still the same. Last I checked, biochemistry, biology, they're still pretty much the same, right? So one of the things I tell them all the time is you need to put physical things in your environment that make you do the work that will get you the results you're looking for. Okay, this applies to health, fitness, mindset, mental health, uh, jobs, personal life, whatever have you, whatever your goals are, you need to have them in your environment. You need to have things in your environment that push you to that. Let's give a couple of examples of what these things could be in your environment. So what's the most used piece of equipment or furniture in your house, except for your cell phone? I know we all use our cell phones more excessively than we should. So other than the cell phone, if I ask that question, Majority of people will tell me either their laptops or their television screens. That's usually the most common. And of course, their sofas and couches and chairs, right? These tend to be the most common things that they use in their homes. I know I've been there and, and you know, it's, it, it's a love and hate relationship as a back and forth for me because there are times I dip into that kind of relationship with television and, and the couch. And there are other times that I'm able to pull myself out and say, no, that's, you know, excessive. So, what are these pieces of equipment and furniture that you interact with the most in your environment, right? That will usually tell me what your lifestyle is like, and that will usually tell me a big reason why you're not achieving your health and fitness and mental health goals, right? If you tell me that the most used piece of equipment is your treadmill, chances are you're pretty healthy or, you know, trying to get pretty healthy. If you tell me that the most used piece of equipment is your running shoe, that tells me something about you. The most used piece of equipment are your lifting gloves, that tells me something about you. But, you know, this is where you have to have that hard conversation with yourself and analyze, okay, what am I doing? Am I sitting down 10 hours of a day? And if so, and there could be a valid reason to do so, like if you're a student prepping for final exams or whatnot, but you have to analyze that and be critical and start asking, why am I sitting down? Or why am I watching these television shows? Or why am I reaching for the snack all the time, right? If you have these things in the environment that are going to slow you down and distract you from your goals, you're never going to get to your goals. See, your goals don't work unless you do. If you don't do the work, nothing works here. So you have to analyze the environment and start changing the environment for yourself. In the context of mental health, I've spoken about this before, you need to put up physical reminders of why it is you're chasing certain things, why it is that you need to deal with certain emotions a certain way. See, a lot of people have anger issues now. Uh, My mother was just telling me the other day, my mom was telling me how, you know, when she takes the subway now back from work sometimes, she sees these people on the subway, there's normal people who just come in and just flop down on the seats and and lie down. Normal people who normally wouldn't do this kind of stuff. She sees people, you know, yelling more than, than before because this pandemic, these lockdowns, this social isolation has really pushed a bunch of people, you know, to the extremes. And It's one of these things where you have to start catering your environment because your environment influences you. 
right? These emotions that people are feeling nowadays through the lockdowns and through the extended periods of uh, restrictions, they're not out of thin air. They're there because in our environment now, we're locked in. We're locked into our homes or, or restricted to our homes and just the workplaces, what have you. And these have an effect on you. When it comes to your mental health, put up stickers, write down messages that get you going, that get you moving, put them all over the walls. When it comes to your physical health, you know, let's talk nutrition, get rid of some of the worst snacks. I'm not saying get rid of all of them, but get rid of some of the worst ones that you know are absolutely not good for you. I guarantee you, if it's not in your home, you're so much more likely to go pick up something healthy instead of eating that junk food. When it comes to your physical health, maybe make your workout mat more accessible. Maybe go grab a, a pair of light dumbbells that you always have out in your living room. So every time you walk past that area, you see it. You can see it from most vantage points and you know that, you know what, I'm eventually going to have to pick that up because you know inside you want to make a change. You have to cater your environment and design your environment on purpose so it aligns with the goals that you have. And if you do these things, if you, you know, watch out for the deception of your eyes when it comes to social media and television, watch out for the deception of your eyes when it comes to looking at yourself in the mirror, because that that mirror lies to you. That mirror makes you think, oh, you know what? You're not good enough. You have fat here. You are overweight. You're this. You're, you're not so good looking, blah, 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 blah. All these little things you tell yourself, they're all just fabrications of your mind. And they come because you are, you're biased from all the social media and television and visual information you're getting on a daily basis. An interesting thing, I, and, and it stuck with me forever, that we learned back in university when we were looking at evolutionary uh, biology, is in certain parts of the world, and this still holds true, uh, so you guys can Google this information if you want, but in certain parts of the world, when men were looking for a mate, they prefer women who are actually a bit on the overweight side. They prefer features that in North America or Western cult culture we consider negative or overweight, or not uh, attractive. However, in other parts of the world, there's parts of the world that still exist today where that's considered the attractive standard, right? And when you start to understand these things on a global perspective, you start to realize that our standard definitions of beauty, of health, of fitness, the way we are influenced by them, by media, is not the only way. It's one way. It doesn't have to be the only way. Again, I hearken back to what I was saying earlier, that I know so many people who are absolutely shredded, look phenomenal, but they have a super broken relationship with themselves. And, I, and I'm speaking from experience. I've, I've spoken with these people when they're not in front of a crowd and they tell, they, they tell the craziest stories. Women who just hate themselves and they cannot even go to social functions because they, they're afraid of what's going to happen if they have one spoon of rice because they're going to lose their physique and this, that, and all of that. Men who are completely broken with themselves and cannot take any anything less than four hours in the gym every single day because they're afraid they're going to lose muscle mass and they won't look the same and won't be as attractive to the opposite sex or won't be as needed by whoever is in their life, their significant other. You know, there's so many people who are broken, but who look fantastic. And on the flip side, there are so many people who look like an average human being, you know, so many people who carry maybe just a little bit of extra body fat or a lot of it, but they're the happiest people I know. They're living life to the fullest, having adventures, making memories. And of course, there are people in the middle who are, you know, fit-ish and they are happy. And there are people also who are overweight, not happy. But 
what we see is the extreme ends. You know, in social media, we see fit individuals being shown as always smiling, fit individuals always shown as happy, fit individuals always shown as successful. Name me one successful uh, social media uh, post that you've seen in the last week where the person was an overweight CEO of some kind of company or an overweight person who's successful in their field. That's rare to come by. Very rare. It's not impossible, but it's rare, right? So I want to leave you guys with this. The takeaway message is analyze what you are seeing. Protect your vision because what you see is what you become, right? Let me explain that. What you see is what you become. If you start surrounding yourself with visual information that just shows you fit, lean people, and that's all you see, you are going to want to become that person. And what ends up happening is when you don't become that person, even if you work hard, and let's say you start getting leaner and starting looking like them, but you don't exactly look like the other person, that anxiety never goes away. And even if you do become that person, let's say you completely change yourself to look exactly like that person you idolize, that doesn't bring happiness at all. That feeling of I'm not enough doesn't go away. It doesn't. Ask anybody who's gone through that journey. There are countless people who have achieved that dream body they always wanted and realized what an empty victory that is because it doesn't bring any happiness or fulfillment. Because you start realizing you've got to now maintain that physique. And this is what I'm talking about. The broken people that I know, personally I know, and I know so many of you out there who haven't had a chance to meet yet go through this as well. That brokenness inside of you can't be fixed by dropping down to single-digit body fat percentages or getting to a certain weight. You have to heal yourself from within. You have to heal your mental health. We've been bombarded since we were born with all these images and all this idea that this perfect standard exists. It doesn't. So you have to curate what enters your visual field. You have to curate the visual information you expose yourself to on a daily basis. On a daily basis. You can't just do this on, oh, I'll just review my stuff on a monthly basis, on a daily basis. The other day I was scrolling through Instagram, which I, I don't do that very often as it is, but I was just scrolling through it just to see if there's any uh, good posts from some of the really good scientists that I follow on there. And, you know, I came across a post by somebody who was still on my list that I was following. And, you know, it was just basically a shot of them looking really good, you know, with with like a short on it was it was a guy right like a bodybuilder guy and it was just a shot of him with a short on and looking all happy and i and i paused and i said okay okay this is great he's happy good for him all the power to him what does that do for me because this social media right the social media thing i keep harping on social media because it's such a cancer of our time but it can be such a beneficial tool if used properly if we know how to use it properly i asked myself what do i get by watching him post this content like it it doesn't help me go do my next set of push-ups. I may be inspired, quote unquote inspired, or motivated when I see this guy. I'm like, wow, that's so great. You know, I can get there too and, and look like single digit body fat. But then I remember, well, wait, I've been there before and it didn't bring me any extra happiness. And second, what am I getting by watching this? Absolutely nothing. In fact, if you dig far enough into your subconscious, you start to realize, oh, it just hikes up my anxiety because I know I should be, I want to be at least, that in that way when it comes to my physique but i'm not there yet right like that's not my goal i'm just saying uh, there's people who go through this and the point of that is you know every single day you need to curate your visual information i started to do this with uh my television and and movies 
a few years ago. Subconsciously at first, of course, but eventually I understood what I was doing and understood why I was doing it. I used to, so uh, for those of you who don't know me on a personal basis, my heritage is Southeast Asian. I'm from a country called Bangladesh and I moved to Canada when I was very young and I essentially consider myself Canadian because this is, this is where I grew up for the majority of my life. And one of the things that I always noticed was, you know, back in my home country, Hollywood is not as big or wasn't as big as Bollywood, which is Bollywood is the Indian version of the film industry there, right? So probably the largest or the second largest film industry in the world. Now, I used to watch these old classic, like, you know, 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s Bollywood movies, because, you know, they had a meaning to them. They weren't vulgar. They didn't rely on jacked bodies and lack of clothing. They had a story. So I used to watch these even as a kid. But as I grew up over time, I started to drift away because the, the Bollywood film industry started to go in the direction of essentially what Hollywood has been for many, many years, which is very uh, lust driven. It's very visually driven. So everybody has to look perfect. Women have to have as little clothing as possible and that kind of whole thing. And there's just a lot of vulgarity that I just, it just never sat well with me. So, and my golden rule was if I can't sit and watch a movie with my parents, I generally won't want to watch it. Now it's different when it comes to Hollywood because my expectation of Hollywood was never that they would have you know just the story hollywood is varied enough where i'm like okay i can just pick and choose what i want to watch in bollywood all the old school movies were essentially the same right they had the same theme the same kind of structure and style but as time went on and things started to change i realized it just doesn't sit well with me because i'm seeing something good transform into something that's vulgar so i stopped watching that stuff subconsciously Many years later, when I got much older and I started studying psychology, cognitive behavior therapy, health and fitness and nutrition, and how the mindset works, I started to understand why I did that. Why did I shift away from, from watching the, the old school Bollywood or Hindi shows and movies and TVs? It's because I just couldn't agree with that anymore. Like, you know, I couldn't agree with the, the twisting of that culture that used to exist, which had some decency to it, in my view. At least that's my personal opinion. I get to have one. Uh, I just couldn't stand by that and I couldn't stand to expose myself to that anymore. Of course, I have to be honest here, when it comes to Hollywood, I'll watch certain things that, you know, have those elements in them, of course, but I'm very picky about it because I have no expectations of standards in Hollywood. I know what it is. I, I know, I know, I know the beast of Hollywood as it is. That's my introduction to it. I never saw it go from 1920s, 1930s and into the 2000s, if you will. But I did see it happen with Bollywood, so I could no longer do it. And I applied the same thing in recent years. You know, whenever I watch shows or movies now, so whether it's on Netflix or in the movie theaters or with my wife, we're watching, you know, Amazon Prime, Netflix, what have you. There are certain shows where I ask myself, like, what am I getting out of it? I know it's mostly entertainment. All these things are entertainment, right? Distractions. But I always ask, what do I get out of this? You know? If it's a show where it's promoting people doing good things, it's promoting people doing amazing things, awesome. I'm into it. But if a show or a movie where it's, you know, for example, the Saw series of movies where it's like gore and grotesque, there's, I, I get nothing from it. I learn nothing from it. It doesn't quote unquote inspire me. It doesn't want, it doesn't make me want to do better. It's just a spectacle. And I don't just relegate that to the, the horror, grotesque horror genre necessarily. I'll do it. I'll do that with movies which have no point. Like there's no story there. There's no real message there. There's no meaning there. Because I came to a realization that first of all, just because everybody else is watching and following and doing these things doesn't mean I have to. So the same applies for social media. Just because everybody follows athlete 
A or model B or person C. It doesn't mean I have to. Second, I only have a limited amount of time in this world, as, do, as is everybody. And distractions, you know, while I'd love to be free of them completely, uh, I'm not a monk and I won't lie and say I don't have distractions. I have plenty of them. But at the same time, as I grow older and as I get wiser and as I age, I want to minimize the distractions and only have those things as distractions that improve me in some way, right? Even things that just make me laugh, that are good-hearted in nature, I, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for that. But if it's something that's just laughing at the expense of other people, eh, I'm not into that. Uh, simply because it doesn't add anything for me. There's humor, sure, but it doesn't make me feel better about that product. It doesn't make me feel good about it because it's at the expense of somebody else, right? So as an example, I used, back in the day when I was a teenager, I used to watch this show called uh, Punked. If you guys are old enough, you remember it was Ashton Kutcher uh, doing practical jokes on you know celebrities. A show like that back in the day, I was all in. I was enjoying it, laughing, you know, great, fun times. But now I'm a little bit wiser. And personally speaking, I wouldn't want to watch that show because it's celebrities pranking celebrities for a laugh. And that doesn't give me anything, right? I mean, I can just watch another comedy show like, you know, Jeff Dunham, the, the puppeteer who's up on stage, you know, making his puppets talk and he's doing a comedy show. Awesome. Great. It's a, I still get a laugh out of that. But, you know, the other show, Punk, for example, which I watched before, now I wouldn't because it's just celebrities pranking each other and doing their own thing and it's, it doesn't apply. Uh, there's nothing I can learn from it. It's just ha ha he he. Awesome. Right? So my point is, you know, these are just my personal reflections, but my point is you have to go deep and start to analyze what you see and how it affects you. You have to do it. When I did my Instagram cleanse a whole bunch of years ago, and I got rid of all these little fitness people that I used to follow, and I only started to follow the key people I know are awesome. They're providing great information. Whether they're shredded or not didn't matter to me. I don't care if you're shredded or not. I care what you're providing. I care what you're putting out. Some of the best coaches I know who I would love to go study with eventually one day, uh, some of them are shredded because they train. Some of them are not. Some of them are like pure scientists who sit in a lab and, and do studies, right? The point being, you know, you don't have to have a certain body type. If you're putting out good information, I'm in. But the general trend that I've noticed is there seems to be a lot of people in the online space, in the, in the television media and visual media space, where they sell you on the look instead of on the information and what, the beneficial part. So I'd like you guys to analyze that, be critical, and pick what you allow to enter into your brain, especially through visual media, because I promise you it's a game changer. Even if you do it, think of it like, a, like intermittent fasting, right? Do a little bit of social media or television media intermittent fasting. Get rid of a bunch of stuff for a while. See how that makes you feel. Do it for a week. Maybe do it for two weeks. Give it a try. And I guarantee you're going to see a remarkable change in your mental health. Because once you take that kind of mental pressure off of yourself and you are not, you're not always looking at the, you know, bikini perfect body or the, or the beach body for men or whatever. You're not idolizing those perfect bodies all the time. You'll start to realize, Hey, I have more mental energy, more mental space, less anxiety. So I can function at my best and actually do the work that'll help me get to a fitter level, to a healthier level. Take what I said as my opinion. However, analyze yourself. This is a critical thing, especially because with the pandemic, the usage of visual media has gone sky high. Netflix usage is up. Television watching is up. 
because we're staying home. We are not doing as many social things like visiting people, going out to the parks. So guess what? We're all consuming visual media, YouTube, right? All of these platforms can be used for so much good. And there are so many people out there doing so much good with them. But you have to first analyze, what am I consuming by choice? Remember, this is a choice. You have the choice. So let's start making better ones. All right, guys, I know we skipped over the podcast release last week because I had to speak on that panel and, and, I, and I wanted to bring some of these important points back. What we're going to do is we're going to launch two episodes this week, this one and another one following with a special guest. So I hope you guys join us for the next episode as well. If you guys would love to leave a rating and a review for us on our Facebook page, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can, I would love that because it's helping us get the message out. It's benefiting other people who are discovering the show. And I would love for you guys to be a part of doing that good for somebody else. Thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, take care of yourself. Be nice to each other. Stay healthy. And I'll see you then.